Welcome to the Daily Addictions Channel. Thank you for joining me. I am Joseph F. Ulsus. Addiction Master on Twitter and social media. This episode, podcast, I think I am titling I Am I. It's reference to a Queen's Reich song. It'll be a quick, hopefully quick, introduction to who I am. A brief triumph and tragedy type podcast. Get to know me, a little bit of my struggles and what I... I'm doing now where I'm heading so let's start with being born and raised in Brooklyn New York uh, 1971 so you know what that comes with Star Wars I was in Canarsie my first memories are with my mother's side of the family my first grade let's say we were taken to my grandparents on my father's side I would say the first time I cut out was there. I remember Elvis dying when I was living with them. My mother went to get an apartment in Sheepshead Bay or Gravesend. So in time, my mother came, took us, and I would say there wasn't anything apparently wrong with my childhood. Seems pretty normal except for the father not being around, things like that. Most of my great childhood memories start there on Homecrest and U. First grade, 153, or PS153. Great friends I've made in first grade up till fifth grade, sixth grade. Some are still my best friends. And you can look at it as my first introduction to Dungeons and Dragons, what it was about this time. I was a huge Kiss fan. Love rock and roll, reading books, mostly Stephen King horror novels. Looking back, I remember the suitcases with the record player, you'd open it up. Eventually though, I started noticing things wrong in the house or the apartment and fights and arguments. I think it started me not sleeping. Some nights I would even go right to school without sleeping. I would be worried what was going on. And I would say I was very empathic, a little withdrawn, very emotional. I had good friends though, my older brother, my aunt and grandfather on my mother's side. He taught us how to box, my grandfather, and I actually thought I was going to be a boxer growing up. He would make all my friends fight each other. One time, taking a dog for a walk, he made me shadow box against the side of the wall, and it would build up a sweat while the dog did its business. And I remember asking him, oh, I can't wait to be a professional. I can't wait to box and get some I don't know what I was thinking at that age. And he said, 
You're not gonna be a boxer. I only taught you so you could defend your mother and your aunt. You'll probably be a baseball player or something like that. That's the type of person he was. He would sit out front with a dog. And I think as a child, everything was great. My family wasn't super religious. Maybe culturally Catholic, looking back. Although I did rebel against my communion. I think that's the first thing. I never got anything after that, but... I remember rebelling against that. Not liking it at all. And... I think it's around 5th grade. I got thrown out of religion instructions. And religion instructions was... Public schools in Brooklyn at around 1.30 on a Wednesday, let's say. It would let you out, and you would go to a church. Learn church stuff. And one time, a friend drew a picture. It was hilarious, and I laughed. And I laughed until I was crying. I had to be snapped out of it by a stick or a ruler, snapping and slamming on the desk. Looking back now, memories of what they are, I stood up with my hands and fists at my sides, I guess defiantly. And for two weeks, I made believe I was going until one day I came home and my mother had a letter from the church. And I mean a letter in the mail, snail mail. It was nothing at that time. She was looked upset and angry when she read the letter. They were worried about my behavior or discipline or something. And this was the first time I think I felt like an adult when she asked me if I wanted to go back. And I said, no. But the deal was I had to come home when they went for religion instructions and read a book, which I loved. I loved reading ever since I could first remember. I read all the novels I could. In time, though, after getting into things like Dungeons and Dragons and my brother asked me to draw for him, I started noticing something different, something happening in my house, my family. Looking back in hindsight, it seems that after an operation, my mother got addicted to pain medication. And eventually that spiraled into a mental breakdown or mental health issues eventually. But it was around this time, fifth grade, sixth grade, that a couple of things fell in place for me. One was my friend asking me to come over. He had just learned how to play guitar and his favorite band was Kiss. There you go. I, mean, I knew him since first grade, but you know, when the bonds get stronger around fifth grade or so. So he taught me how to play and it was a great outlet. I'm forever grateful. It was pretty okay as a rhythm guitarist, I guess. But I liked writing the songs, at least the uh, I guess therapy of it and another thing was a couple of other friends from first grade-ish were getting into D&D we went and bought the red box and I played we played for hours sleepovers and one day in the backyard we had had the radio on and we came across Howard Stern I can't say everybody got hooked but I remember it was the NBC days and I was really interested, and I followed him from then on at any opportunity I could. And one of the things I took from it was transcendental meditation. So I was 
trying to see how that would fit. I had just got a girlfriend, first love of my life, and everything was avoiding my situation at home, my mother, and the issues that were happening. In time, by the time, I'm guessing around 16, and it got real bad, where she would stay in the kitchen, not eat, talk to herself. My mother was going through some bad stuff. We tried to help, and she would call the police on us, so nothing was working, really. It was about then I had to drop out of school, got a job, took Dunkin' Donuts. Although I've worked previously, making folding newspapers, and my grandfather had us at the um, fruit market he had on 86th Street. So I was no stranger to working. And loved that I had my own money and bought my own stuff. But here I am, teenager, going through this stuff. And it got bad. And I tried everything I could to help her. So I delved into all the books I could. Dozens of books on psychology. Even clinical psychology. Course stuff. Anything I can get from people going to college. And learned as much as I could to try to help her. Sit in the kitchen for hours trying to get through to her. I even learned or read about how magicians fool us, mentalists, and con men. It's about human behavior, neurology, whatever I can get my hands on. And I would say around 17 or so, she got better. To this day, not the same person in a way. Still my mother, still I love her. It's not something different. Anyway, it was about 18 years old. About four days before Christmas, I'm gonna get together with some friends, two of my best buddies and one of his girlfriends. And she was a good friend, also. And we were smoking a little bit of weed, drinking, and came into the room with us with a gun. Sat down and pointed at us, and looking back, I think my memories were I had a bad feeling he wanted to do something bad, and he was a, a unique character. His parents didn't treat him well, would do crazy things, and always the extreme. But when we finally got through to him, and I took the gun, there were bullets in it. So I got mad, really mad. And somewhere in this night, I decided to bring the bullets and the gun back to his parents and begged me not to. And I learned a valuable lesson about truth over feelings. He was the type of kid who they would throw him out. He would have money to eat. I had gotten him a job at Dunkin' Donuts at that time. So he convinced me to give him the gun. He promised he would bring it back, put it away. I don't know how much time later, 10 minutes, we're having sort of fun hanging out in the room. He comes back in, points the gun at his eye, Pulls the trigger and kills himself. And I had been about a foot and a half away from him, standing up, 
I don't know if my memory says I was trying to grab the gun. I was just in shock. I don't know. But I learned another lesson that you can see things and they will be so real that you can't distinguish them from reality. Because I saw him put Halloween makeup on his eye, shoot a cap gun, and fall to the ground pretending. And that illusion was broken after the flash and the gunpowder smell and lying on the floor. Eventually, cops and the paramedics came, took him away. Cops separated us. Anything to do with a gun in New York wasn't nice. It was hours and hours. And eventually, they said she had to go to the hospital to identify the body. And she chose me, not her husband, or my other friends. So there I am in the area where they put the body, pulled the sheet down. The world fell apart, and I just tried to be strong, hold her hand. And my mind is reeling. I'm sure you can imagine what you're going through at 18 years old. I don't know, 11 to 14 hours later, we're in the police station. Total time. The whole thing's a blur. And the mother's screaming at them to let us go. They let us go. Eventually, it was ruled a accident um, that he you know, we thought that he was playing he was just you know getting us riled up and it went off by accident that type of thing but it created uh, a huge problem for me I became a different person after that day and I could tell other stories on that but Suffice to say, I gathered myself together, took what I learned, applied it as best I could, moved on. At the time, my first love's father was my boss. I was doing bagel routes in Manhattan. I probably self-sabotaged that, possibly the relationship. I don't blame anybody. We were kids. I think we started going out when we were 14, so six or seven years. Anyway, moved on, looked at things differently, of course, and, you know, go through life, you find another love, new jobs, and then things happen to you. I could tell crazy stories and wacky things, but to get to the point, um, like I had a truck accident, cracked my teeth, and had caps, so things like that, and had guns pointed at me. It was reckless and crazy at points. Anyway, getting to the last thing. Eventually, I met a woman, fell in love. Everything was going good at the job I was doing. I was a driver at an ambulance company and had moved into, gotten into the office as a dispatcher, eventually, a operations manager. Bought a new car. Things were going good. I would say I was still in contact with my father's side of the family, still trying to work things out, but after my friend's death, I was damaged. Uh, I tried. I went to the people who, you know, meant a lot to me and were wise, and I would sit with my grandmother and talk to her about my mother and what happened to me and 
things like that. So after about a year or so, we lost the baby. It was an atopic pregnancy. And the type of woman she was is every year she would give me a Father's Day card. And I'm thinking about I don't know, three years in, she had always gone for checkups because her mother had died of cancer and she was worried. And they found something. And I would say it started her fight with cancer, which eventually she lost uh, three, four years ago. But it was 15 years that I'll, I'll cherish. But in between that, looking back on my teenage years up to now, I had always wanted to write and I would write two chapters of a book, four chapters, this and that, and always write my Dungeons and Dragons stories and my superhero stories, even Westerns, whatever I can create about it was. And in one of the times of her remission, we talked about things that interested us and how we could help people. And I was teaching the meditation and breathing techniques. And she worked at a hospital. She was a physician's assistant. I think that's a PA. She was from Guyana, and she had no one here. I had met her after a divorce. So it was trying times and difficult. Eventually, they repossessed my car. Um, some of the cost of trying to fight this drained us. $1,500 for some special medicine. And eventually, I got laid off from my job. And she convinced me it was time to do something I love. Take a chance and you never know what's going to happen. Those type of talks. I'll get into it in another podcast on how the formation of the Deadly Addiction Chronicles came to be. And it has to do with a friend saying the smoking monk. And we'll get into that eventually. That'll be another one. So I wrote and wrote and didn't stop. Re I edited it myself. I mean, I edited so many pages I cut out of it, and I thought I was doing good and got everything right. Had friends reading it with me. Had a friend's friend look at it. And the first time I sent it to the editor, it came back all red. <laughs> it was hard. Anyway, we supported each other, did the best we could. During this time, more and more things were happening she would go into remission come out and they would have to do procedures and such anyway about four months before my man final manuscript came back my cancer came back and it was real serious about two to three weeks before my comic-con appearance in 2012 where i had a booth and i signed autographed copies sold some hats and shirts and Things like that. Her fight became harder. And I think we knew it was might be the last fight. But she insisted I go to the Comic-Con. And she had to go to Connecticut. And looking back, it was the best of times, the worst of times. Without my close friends and family, I never would have made it. Thursday night to Saturday on edibles and smoking weed, drinking, 
And the customers benefited too. I could tell those stories also, but I returned customers and they got treats. Um, it was an amazing time. And I remember coming home on Sunday after packing up, proud, um, just in a uh, highlight of my life at that point to an extent. Came back and that was the last time I touched social media for five years, except for liking happy birthday maybe retweet something things like that and i lurked and just was in my own world so we spent the next two years fighting and just being there for her again i have to thank my close friends and family i don't want to mention names and eventually she passed away and i fell apart depression despair I don't know how I made it through. If it wasn't for my friends, uh, family, I don't know. And I fell back on what I learned, everything I've been through. I'm watching my mother develop a mental illness, the hardships anybody goes through in this world. And the things that fit in, the meditation, the interest in psychology, wasn't enough to help me and save me from some shitty times, but it was enough to get me on the right track again. And another sort of life preserver came into my life as a coworker. At the time I'm in a fog, I'm still working part-time jobs, trying to pay rent and stuff, but it was worse then. And he said, he thought that he, the earth might've been flat. And I was kind of shocked about it. I remember going home and checking the community I had always lurked in for years, understanding that I was an atheist in my later teens and such. I had always loved debates on atheism and religion, and these communities were always there. Although on Twitter, I think I started in the author community, and that's where I was promoting and trying to get my book and all the ideas I had. I wrote a script for the movie, cartoon, a trading card game and I had a lot of outlets for the idea and the world building so I got myself together decided I would restructure reforge myself and one of the shows that I found had someone I was familiar with from the past and someone new I don't want to mention names or whatever. And the way he thought, the people he interviewed, the things he would write on his own show or his blog, even the way he argued and focused his arguments in a certain way, I started getting into philosophy. And I started pulling more things into my repertoire or the skills and building myself up and filling the gaps to recreate myself, to get myself out of this web of despair. And sometimes it's not just a blanket of depression. It's for me a web and it always sticks to me. It always tries to smother me and I have to rip it and pull at it just to get fresh air. And that's how it seems sometimes. And I use these, this new knowledge and this new resource and 
got myself together and started becoming more active, more friendly with my friends, more social. Um, I would say I remember talking to one of my best friends, or, uh, he's like a brother, and saying I couldn't pull the trigger. Um, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm ready to try this. And I just couldn't pull the trigger. And I knew I had to change who I was, uh, the way I looked at things, the way I took information in, the way I spoke and addressed situations. So I became more of a truth over feelings type of person and became more of an activist, sticking up for myself and those I deem worthy, I guess. And here I am now. I want to do lots of creative things on the channel and I want to do some helpful things. I want to teach or remind people of breathing and meditation techniques that you can teach children that they will grow up with and it will foster critical thinking and, and give them uh, the tools needed to navigate life and emotions and feelings and thoughts. So that's what this channel will be. It'll be a creative outlet for me. It'll be some serious stuff and everybody got a Bigfoot rant about the community, crazy things. Get some friends to do some movie TV reviews and things like that. But I'm here to say I've come through some dark times and some triumphs and I'm not special and I don't think my pain or struggles are uh, worse or any different from what everybody goes through, but uh, I am I, and I look forward to hearing from the community, whatever it turns out to be. I want to know that I'm here as a friend, someone to listen to. Contact me on social media. I'm always up to listening and understanding, hopefully, and we'll see where this goes. This might be my first podcast upload video. It depends on uh, what sequence I put them in. I got the first couple of three or four ready, sort of outlined. So thank you for joining me. I am Joseph F. Olsis, and I look forward to chatting with you again, hearing from you. You all know what to do. Thank you for listening to me. Until next time, take care. I don't understand me. I feel my